Boo! Welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. And we're back, ladies oh, and gentlemen, God. with my co-anchor, as always, is Griffin Coldiron. I'm Zach Robb. It's I've... very nice to meet you all. Yep. Uh, thank you for that uh, warm and welcoming introduction, Zach Robb. Welcome back, everyone, to Channel 9 Pet Shop News, bringing you the latest and greatest in all things furry, fuzzy, scaly, and the things that you don't... Uh, Zach, help. So, I, I I lost we lost. Oh God, we used it's, to be so it, good at this. God, it's like it, it's it's like when that was kind of like you know like when you're kind of going down one hill on a bike, but then immediately start going uphill on an like again. So it's like we yeah. really lost the steam there. Yeah, it was like a like a big caterpillar of roads. Yeah, yeah. Then you know, it's it's been a day. How are you doing? I'm. <laughs> That was descriptive. I'm not a person right now. I'm barely a person. Fortunately, God granted me the gifts of extroversion. So I have had some coffee, and I'm hanging out with you and our lovely audience. So, you know, the switch has been flipped. There you go. um, As you know well, Zach Robb, and I think our audience knows at this point, I have a... At this point, yes. I have a, a troublesome relationship with this little thing that people do called sleeping. Yes. Yes. Um, we Sleep and I don't get along really well. Um, yesterday, I... Well, I didn't really sleep the night before well. Kind of was very tossy and turny and didn't really... Just wasn't very restful. And then I spent most of the evening kind of like hour awake, hour asleep for about seven hours. Just apropos of nothing. I feel like your relationship with sleep is just like a really bad sort of romantic relationship. I- like like <laughs> like you give all you can to sleep. You you stay up all night waiting for sleep to come home. But at the end you're you're just left alone and tired. I I sh- I have to have told you this analogy before. That's super similar to like the best way I've ever described my relationship with sleep, because it's not just me trouble falling asleep, but uh, the biggest problem when I was younger in high school was I just could not wake up. Like, getting up in the morning was a battle every single day. And so I... And and that extends a little bit into my life now. Like, if I don't have something that I know I need to wake up for... Like, Mm -hmm. a couple weekends ago, I went back home, uh, drove a couple hours back home to uh, see my parents for my birthday. And, uh, you know, it's a couple hours drive. I've been waking up around, like, noon, which is about where I'm at right now. About noon noon one? Yeah. The p.m.? Yeah. I needed to wake up at, like, ten or so. And so I set my alarm, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll know I'll have to get up so I can drive home. But then it became... I woke up at, like, 8 a.m. I was like, oh, shit. No, I'm fine. Okay. And I'd go back to sleep. And then I'd wake up, like, 10 minutes later and go, oh, shit. No, it's only been no, 10 I'm minutes. Fine. Fuck. And repeat for another two hours. So it's very much, I've said, like, an abusive relationship where no matter how much I want sleep, it doesn't want me. But when I finally get it, it doesn't let me go. <laughs> so... The a- anecdote yeah. on the subject, I guess. My sure. older brother, Adam, what up, what up, A-Rob? What's up, A-Rob? Um, also had a, a great deal of trouble in high school waking up. Um, mm-hmm. And for either his birthday or for Christmas, my parents got him this alarm clock called the Sonic Boom. Oh, no. The Sonic Boom came with a big-ass vibration pad that oh, you put under your mattress. That stinks. The thing is... Um, and I, apparently my parents didn't think about this was the fact that they slept beneath my older brother. Ah. 
because our rooms were in the attic, and their room was directly below his. So the floorboards would just start... And we lived in over, like, a hundred-year-old house. (laughs) So that house just shook. Yeah. Everyone woke up, except for Adam. Yeah. Who would sleep through the thing. (laughs) This rumbling... And like you know, like like a nuclear bomb is about to go off, like ah, 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 just terrible, the most ludicrous, obnoxious sound. And we'd be like, "What the heck?" And so then we would just have to shove him off his bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I developed for working at the when we were working at the bread mines. I was getting up at six thirty, which is absurdly early for a griffin. Yes, but I developed this just muscle memory habit where I had. I did exactly three five-minute snoozes, and I trained my brain so that when I saw the numbers 640 on my phone, that I would just go, my brain would go, go, and I would roll out of bed, and I'd put my clothes on, and I'd go to work, and then have coffee. Um, Yeah. It was... It was a... (laughs) No, seriously, I would be like... It would be a thing where it was just... I saw those numbers come across my phone and go, all right, shit. Um, At one point in time, I would have my phone under my pillow on a similar note to the vibration pad because the vibrations would would go uh, and and startle me awake. But that became stressful. (laughs) See, me on the... Most of my life on the opposite note where I can't avoid sleep... Mm-hmm. Where, like, if I, like, I mean, you know me, I'm a pretty hyperactive person as yeah. it is. So, like, when it's time for me to sleep. You get real sleepy. It's like, it's like you're done. Yeah. Shut up. You're going to bed. Even, like, if I'm, like, you know, driving a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I have the, the adverse effect, except for, for, for recently. I, th- I think it's a thing that's happening as I, as I grow older where my body's like, eh. No, you, you don't. You don't want to sleep. It's fine. And I'm like, I'm like, but body, I do. I like now's the time I want to sleep. And body's like, like you were trying to make, you were trying to make me sleep while I was in the middle of something earlier. Now I want to. That's the bitch of it all. Yeah, I had that and, happen and it, where like I don't know if I don't really buy in too much to things like biorhythms or things like that. But I swan to John like 11 p.m. will roll around. And that's when I get, like, my biggest surges of creative energy. Yeah. And when I was working at the bread mines, I always took my sleep meds by, like, 10. So yeah. I could be awake in the morning. And I would always be, I'd be, like, laying in bed, playing Stardew Valley, waiting for the sleep meds to kick in. And I'd go, ooh, I want to write something. And I'd get up, and my head would get all swimmy, and I'd go, hmm, nope, fuck. <laughs> Time for bed. <sighs> oh, man. Anyway. Sleep problems aside, this has nothing to do with our episode. My voice also just it, cracked. It so really doesn't. We just we just got on a big tange there. But, but, but hey, hey, folks. how's it going? Welcome back to Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Um, I am Griffin. That's Zach. I'm I'm Zach, and uh, uh, we're back <laughs> with with one of our classic Zach and Griffin grab bags of things from mm-hmm. just all over the place. We reached into a, a big hat filled with names of creatures. And we would pull one out and go, nope, we've done this before. And we did that about 50 times until we found creatures in canonical D&D source material that we haven't fucking talked about yet. It's, it's becoming a very small list, Griffin. I know. I know. We're getting there. But fortunately for us, we have a, a entire multiverse at our disposal. So that, that and we have PhDs and bullshit. So ain't, ain't that the damn truth? Um, anyway, uh, yes, like I said, we got four <laughs> just sort of grab bag creatures from a multitude of sources. Mm-hmm. Let's get going. Let's get going. Uh, Let's hit it. So uh, first up, we're going to be talking about a dear friend from uh, Oval's Guide to Critters. And this is a friend that if you uh, faithful listeners who have been with us since the beginning of Another Path, should be familiar with. Oh, God. These guys showed up in, like, episode, like, seven, maybe? Maybe even earlier than that. It's when we went to the forest. The four... It was, no, so that yeah, was, like, cause, four or five? Because it was Robbie Graves and then the forest? Robbie Graves and the bank heist, then the forest. So I think it was five and six. Yeah. 
Yeah, five. Yeah. If I because I think that that was also so, yeah. when we got new mics and stuff was. Yeah. Then man, a long a long time ago. Yeah. Anyway, they're boggles. <laughs> like the game, boggles. Except uh, goopier. <laughs> um, boggles are uh, described as little bogies of fairy tales. <laughs> so the, yeah, they are they are fae first thing uh, out the gate, and they're 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 considered they're classified small. They're these little kind of gremlin-looking dudes, oily black skin with the little like you know hair protrusions, uh, big yellow eyes. It looks like their limbs are kind of like disproportionately long. Yeah, their torso is like real small, but they got some long legs and arms. Yeah, big head, tiny torso, long, skinny arms and legs, big hands and feet. You know what they remind me of? And this is going to be a bit of a, a, a throwback reference for me. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever watch The Page Master? No, I have not. That's a good movie. you got to watch that. Um, I don't watch movies. You my, know this. My reference is kind of a moot now. But anyone at home, if you've seen The Page yeah. Master, there's the, the the character of horror. He's a, a, a book who's kind of derpy. Um, it's got just oversized arms, and that's kind of what this thing reminds me of. <laughs> it says here in uh, Oval's Guide the, that boggles lurk in the fringes of the Feywild and are also found in the Material Plane, where they hide under beds and in closets, waiting to frighten and bedevil folks with their mischief. A boggle is born out of feelings of loneliness, materializing in a place where the Feywild touches the world in proximity to an intelligent being that feels isolated or abandoned. For example, a forsaken child might unintentionally conjure a boggle and see it as a sort of imaginary friend. A boggle might also appear in the attic of a lonely widower's house or in the caves of a hermit. So, yeah, they're little, they're little spirits, little little fey friends that kind of pop into the world. <laughs> I like that. I like that lore. I like that sort of yeah. story there. And we'll get into this in a second. But looking over at their stat block, it says they have a, uh, an action called dimensional rift. So, I'm excited to get into that. Oh, definitely. Boggles engage in petty pranks to amuse themselves, passing the time at their host's expense. A boggle isn't above breaking dishes, hiding tools, making frightening sounds to startle cows and sour their milk, or hiding a baby in the attic. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Although a boggle's antics might cause distress and unintentional harm, mischief, not mayhem, is usually their intent. If threatened, a boggle flees rather than stand and fight. The other sort of an, uh, uh, anatomical thing to note about boggles is this oily secretion that they have. Yeah. They excrete an oil from their pores, and they can make the oil either slippery or sticky. Whoa! Which is, that has some interesting biological implications, but we're talking about fey creatures, so really, how specific can you get? Wait, 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 um, it's the magic card. When you're like, that doesn't make sense, you go, it's magic, <laughs> and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, these things are from the Feywild, so oh, you know, okay. they can do stuff like that. <laughs> You're right. You are right. You are right. All right. A boggle can create magical openings to travel short distances or to pilfer items that would otherwise be beyond its reach. To create such a rift in space, a boggle must be adjacent to a space defined by a frame, such as an open window or a doorway, a gap between the bars of a cage, or the opening between the feet of a bed and the floor. The rift is invisible and disappears after a few seconds. Enough time for the boggle to step, reach, or attack through it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I have always liked magic that has very specific rules. Like, rules and limitations to it. It's something I'm a big fan of, despite the homebrew system I've been working on acting in complete contrary to that. Yeah, But <laughs> I've always liked that in, in uh, sort of fictitious worlds, and I like when magic has rules. That's a random kind of literary uh, tangent on my end, but... Hey, that was fine. I dig it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The last note here says that a boggle makes a decent servant for a strong-willed master, and wicked creatures such as Fomorians and hags sometimes shelter boggles in their lairs. Warlocks who form packs with Archfey have also been known to command boggles. Oh, shit. Boggle familiar. charismatic individuals... What's that? I said boggle familiar. (laughs) Kinda, Yeah. And charismatic individuals who make the right offers have enjoyed temporary alliances with the little tricksters. A bored boggle always finds some way to entertain itself. 
Why did I never give Dakota a boggle? I don't know. Man. But yeah, so there, there are these little goopy little f- lonely fey tricksters. Yeah, no, like... Like most fey are, I guess. Exactly. They're tricksters, at least. You, just, you know, like that show Impractical Jokers? I know of it. Where the people, those guys just kind of do dumb shit? Sure. Yeah. Get, get a couple <laughs> bo- get a couple boggles in there. It'd be great. That That's what that show needs. It really up the ratings a little bit. Some boggle action? Some boggle action. Yeah. Imagine boggles playing boggle. Whoa. Hmm. I know. Just think. Just let it ruminate, percolate. They can only they can only spell one word, and that's boggle. And that is boggle. Yeah. Uh, well, do... I guess they could also then, by by extension, spell the word bog. Or glue. <laughs> I, I knew that's the joke you were gonna make. And I went, mm, that's a bad joke, but you committed to it, and I'm very proud of you for that. Yeah. I thought you were just, instead of glue, we're just going to say goal. Ghoul. <laughs> no one will ever say Zach Rob doesn't take the dumb way out. <laughs> Be nice to yourself. A small note here that I think is a little uh, contradictory. Apparently they have fire resistance. Huh. But they secrete... Oil. Oil. Which would suggest to me a fire vulnerability. Yeah. Because, you know, oil is very um, combustive. Yeah. Is that a word? Did I say that right? Combustive. Combustible. Combustible. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, that that, that seems weird. Unless the unless this is a... Oh, it says right here. The boggle excretes non-flammable oil. Mm. From its pores. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there you go. So then it probably gives it sort of like a like a like a magic shell sort of exterior coating. Yeah. It's like when, it's like when when stunt men like have to get set on fire and mm. they coat themselves in that like jelly stuff. The fire gel, yeah. yeah. Neat. They have uncanny smell. All right. So, which which means they have a good sense of smell, not that they have an uncanny yeah. smell. <laughs> Although I bet their smell is pretty fucking uncanny, honestly. <laughs> Uncanny, babe. What's a boggle fucking smell like? I mean, like, I, I, not great, right? I, I would assume like a gas station, just like, I guess, just kind of like petroly. <laughs> not great. Can, can you use boggle oil in your car? No, because it's not flammable. You need to combust. Can you use boggle oil to cook with? I don't. I I wouldn't. Is boggle oil an essential oil? I'm gonna go ahead and say no. I don't think there's I'm anything. Esen- I don't here, think there's Zach. anything essential about that. <laughs> well, neither are essential oils. That's, that's all. Fair. That's the. They're by no means essential, but somehow they landed that marketing ploy really fucking well. Hey, they did it. Now everyone thinks they are. Can you use? Should you use boggle oil for like your beard? Like beard oil. I don't know. I tried some beard oil the other day. My older brother yeah. makes some, and it, was, it, was, it was, smelled really nice. And so, like, yeah, I, nice. I just had a nice, a nice smell around my face at all times, mm. which was real cool. Beard nice. oil. Try it. I don't have much of a beard, but what, what little hair I have on my face, <laughs> it was nice and oiled. Can you use boggle oil as sunscreen? Honestly. Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure I've got a few more in me if I can. Well, keep thinking well about I it. guess well, it, the, the difference between like is it like non combustible or or does it block UV? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's from the Feywild. So. What are the properties of Boggle? <laughs> and I, I here's the thing though. I would not want. That's a that's a prime recipe for the Boggle to fuck with you. Oh, definitely. Because if if what if it gives you the sticky oil? Oh, you don't want to to, to use the sunscreen. And then you oh, and then imagine like falling in sand. Oh, you basically be like tarred and feathered almost. Yeah, but sand. It'd be tarred and sanded. It's, it's like in Home Alone two when they get coated in like that the oil stuff, and then he throws the bird seed at him. Oh yeah, uh, that it'd rascal. be like that, but worse. Boggles? If Kevin McAllister had a boggle, oh my God. those men would be dead. Oh, they would be dead now. <laughs> well, 
granted, like, like, uh, like, just watching them, like, that's one of my favorite things to do with my friend Joe is to sit there and be like, they would have died there. There's no way they did. Yeah. They, 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 no one would actually not die there. So Kevin McAllister <laughs> definitely should have killed those men like a hundred times over. Yeah, but if you, Boggles great for office pranks. Like if you get like in an office oh. prank war. Have a boggle, like come, yeah, get a, get a boggle. You could keep it in like a filing cabinet drawer. Yeah, have a little filing cabinet apartment for your boggle. Oh, that's so cute! It's like those little mushroom houses, yeah. but like for for like traditional like little fairies yeah. in our folklore. But it's a little boggle house <laughs> made out of a filing cabinet. God, that's precious. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then once everyone leaves for the day, your boggle comes out, and you you set the best prank, where yeah. it's like yeah, the, it just it's, you get like the saran wrap and you put it across the doorway, and then the boggle kind of gets some oil on it so it's sticky, and mm-hmm. then Ugh. and then your, your your quarry you know like walks face first right through the right through the the <laughs> saran wrap, and then it's like it's stuck to my face. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good shit, and then you're like your your shitty manager comes through, and like you had you had your boggle set up like just the tiniest little oil slick because he always stops by your cubicle yeah. to like be like so working hard or hardly working. Yeah, to be sort of and, passive aggressive, and you just don't want it today. Yeah, and so you know, and he always does the same thing where like he leans on the edge, he's got his coffee cup in the other yeah. hand, and so you know where his feet are gonna be because he's worn down little like spots in the carpet. Oh yeah. So you set up a little oil slick there, and then he goes so working harder, and then he slips and falls yeah. and spills his coffee yeah. all over Jen, your neighbor's paperwork, and she's in a tizzy because she had to get that paper paperwork filed by the end of the day but jen took your lunch out of the fridge on monday and so i mean like two, two birds one, one stone. stone that there we go boom two pranks two birds one boggle i love it i love it <laughs> I also simply puts the the sticky stuff on like people's chairs and then their butts are stuck to their chair. oh classic classic, classic butt stick. and then people like you know like 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 brett has to like have like a binder because like he ha- he had to like slip out of his pants, and so yeah. it's like oh. <laughs> it's like doing like the the quick scoot, and, and this is the fifties, so he has the the, the silly like sock oh. garters. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and he just you know, instead of walking, and everyone's like, "Ha ha, way to go, Brett!" And he's like, "I'm sorry, my pants wouldn't come off my chair." And you're like, "Yeah, I bet. I think you pooped your pants, homie." <laughs> And and then the the word around the office is that Brett pooped his pants. Uh, there's no coming back from that. Oh uh, no! Once you poop your pants, or at least people think you pooped your pants, like you're done. Like you just got. He's find not going to make junior exact. You just got to find a new job. Your your reputation is tarnished, and, and like yeah. especially if you go, even if you go to like a new place in the same field, like you're you're mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. that may follow Brett for his whole yeah. life. Especially if you put that place down as a reference, oh, like you can be like, "No, he was an upstanding employee. He, he always just, got his work done on time. He, he just he pooped his pants this one. Time. There was this one time where he pooped his pants though, <laughs> and like, <laughs> there's no coming back from there's that. Really not. He'll never be president. <laughs> he'll, he'll, uh, his lifelong Brett's lifelong dream of becoming president is squattered because he didn't poop his pants. My opponent, Senator Wheeler, <laughs> Brett there, Wheeler, pooped his pants. He may have an outstanding voting record going back 40 years, but 42 years ago, he pooped his pants <laughs> in a public office. Is that the man you want as your president? Do you want Brett Poopy Pants Wheeler <laughs> sitting in the Oval Office? Uh, just another office where he can do <laughs> his pants. <laughs> Alright, we talked about pooping pants enough. Oh we should, we should move on. <laughs> I'll... Boggles. Boggles. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> there we go. They come with pairs. <laughs> it's, it's wait, wait! It's a boggle bogo. Boggle bogo, baby. It's a bogogle. Uh, also, in case you're you interested, I don't think we ever mentioned it, but this comes from Oval's Guide to Critters. Just in case we forgot. I mentioned it. All right, cool, I did, cool, cool. We're good. 
Moving oh on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this next entry comes from Mord's Book of Friends. <laughs> oh, right, reel it in, reel it in. It is known as a Balanoth. Okay. The Balanoth, they don't show us m- most of its body in the image. All we see is what looks like like a, it looks like it's a very sort of uh, ovular like body just based off the little bit we see with a small right. sort of nodule on the bottom that it, a, there's a, a mouth on a big gross mouth yeah it's got a bunch of really sharp teeth and then on the the, the upper jaw like the top of the, where like lips would be there's two sort of fang pincer guys yeah it's like a it's like um it's like someone made this thing and forgot to put a mouth on it, so it slapped the mouth on uh, the just, outside. Like, just on the, the bottom. Fact. They're like, eh, like eh. It's, a, <laughs> it's, an aftermark- it's an aftermarket mouth, is what I'm saying. Aftermarket mouth is Manly's third favorite band. <laughs> oh, it's nasty. It's a nasty one. Also, on the bottom of this, this bottom nodule where this gross mouth is located, it's just a mess of tentacles. I believe a while back we, we described the Otiug, that it, it has a couple of sort of tentacles with large sort of leaf-shaped mitts on the end. Yeah, or like pads. Um, with just kind of a bunch of spikes on them. Mm-hmm. A bunch of quills. And that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's, like it's like a big um, like ping-pong paddle for slapping. <laughs> a but big with, slapping ping-pong sp- paddle. <laughs> but with spikes on it. Or, yes. um, maybe they're not spikes, maybe they're more like, like um, small like feelers. Yeah, I was going to say, like, feelers are like quills, who knows, we'll read yeah. more. Uh, they are large aberrations and are classified as chaotic evil. Anyway, Balanoths. Uh, native to the shadow fell, the vicious predatory Balanoth alters reality in its lair to make the place appear inviting to travelers. Once they step inside, the Balanoth springs its trap. Oh, great. Mm. The first tag it's got here is False Hope. I remember these, actually. I read about these for... Uh, I entertained using them in a, in a game once, but I never did. Thanks to a limited form of telepathy, a Balanoth can sense the desires of other creatures and identify images of places where they expect those desires to be met. The Balanoth then warps reality around it, remaking its environment so that it matches the appearance of the place the creature seeks. The Balanoth never quite gets all the details right, and plenty of incongruities... That was a word that I wasn't prepared to read, but I think I made it through all right. You did great. Thank you. You got it exactly right. Uh, Yes, and plenty of incongruities might give away the deception. But the imitation is good enough to fool desperate creatures into stumbling into the monster's clutches. Malevolent entities. A Balanoth thrives on fear and despair, taking pleasure in the horror its victims experience. It It terrorizes its prey by using its reality-warping powers to mask its presence until it can snatch the target. Then it teleports away to feed on its victims. You did say it was chaotic evil. It is very chaotic evil. Useful slaves, drow hunting parties, and other denizens of the Underdark sometimes venture into the Shadowfell to capture Balanoths. They install the creatures as guardians, protecting passages from enemy intruders and cutting off avenues of retreat, or watching over slaves. So, yeah, it's like a, oh, it's like, hal- it's like hallucinatory terrain. The creature, yeah, but it's like it's it's Mirage Arcane, the thing, yeah. But like, yeah, if it will, yeah, if hallucinatory terrain will eat you. Yeah. What bugs me right out the gate is, and from this artwork, again, we can't see most of the creature, but it looks like a creature based on like, because all the tentacles are underneath it and flapping around. Yeah. It, I thought this was a flying creature for the longest time. Yeah. And it's not. It's a climbing creature. Which I guess explains the vantage point. But yeah. Like, I definitely was picturing this thing as, like, a big, like, dandelion spore in the air with a mouth and tentacles, but it's not. It's a clingy boy. That's, it, 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 it is a clingy boy. Now, it gives us a lot of cool information about um, a a Balanos lair here. It says that in the Shadowfell, Balanos make their lair near places uh, inhabited by creatures they hunt. They typically haunt well-traveled roads and paths, snatching people who come along. Balanoth that has been captured and exploited by Drow might lair in caves near underdark passages and guard the ways in and out of Drow Enclave. 
Mm. Yeah, so what can these bad boys do? It's got a couple layer actions it can do. Uh, so, of course, the whole reality warping thing there. It can, let's see, the transformation uh, affects non-living material only and can't create anything with moving parts or magical properties. Okay. So any object created in this area upon close inspection reveals as a fake. So books are filled with empty pages. Golden items are obviously counterfeits and ah, so on. And it laughs until either lasts either until the creature dies or it uses a, a, the lair action again. It targets one creature within 500 oh, feet. Oh, no. And they must succeed on a save throw. Or the target, along with whatever it is wearing and carrying, teleports to... Oh, so it just can teleport you. It uh, can just bamf you. It just bamfs you uh, right up right up in front of it. And then it eats you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and that last one's dirty, too. Oh, yeah, and the last one, it, it, it picks a person and it can make itself invisible to that creature... Just that creature. Just that creature. That's some horror movie shit, because then you could be pointing at the thing and like everyone else being like, it's right there, it's right there, and you're like, I don't see anything. I don't see nothing, and then, <laughs> no, it's right there! Yeah. Oh, man. Also, the regional effects are crazy, too. Yeah. Creatures within a mile of the lair experience the sensation of being close to whatever they desire most, and the Balanoth can sense desires of any humanoid within a mile and learn whether those desires involve a place, a safe location to rest, a temple, a home, etc. I do really so, like yeah. this note from Mord here that says there are no virtues in the Shadowfell. Thanks to the Balanoth, even hope is punishable by death. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this thing is is it's just a it's just a blob of gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gaslighting the creature. Yeah. Gaslighting the creature, the movie. Oh man. I gotta use one of these sometimes. They're they're real fucked up. Uh, I said I was thinking about using them. I, I like because on the surface they're just like a oh look, it's another Eldritch Abomination with weird fangs where they shouldn't be. But the any creature that has the potential to like screw with people's minds just brings a completely different sort of tier to the game and and the experience of those characters yo yeah they're really they're really yucky they're really yucky but like it says they're very good at at, at guarding passages so if you're if you need help guarding the multiple pathways leading to your underground lairs or strongholds or whatever else consider a a balana or two or three or two or three they are blind creatures, but mm. they have exceptional blind sight. 500 feet. That's crazy. They have that telepathy to creatures up within a mile. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. A lot of the creatures in the books, when they don't speak a language but can understand a language, it specifies. This just says it understands deep speech. Which means, which suggests to me that the Balanoth can speak. It just has no interest in speaking. Yeah. Well, the, it does well, not. It does not deign to speak. Well, it says here that it understands deep speech and has that sort of limited telepathy. Where it, it. I think the telepathy in this case is more like a detect thoughts kind of thing. Well, where yeah, it can just read people's heads. I don't know if it can talk so much as it understands deep speech, and then it's got its sort of limited telepathy where it just kind of sees what people want. I don't know if it can talk yeah. so much, but still, I don't think this thing's fucking horrifying. To. Yeah. Balanoths, these, these guys are nuts. They're dangerous, too. So be careful. Yeah. We, or, we're, yeah, we just, just kind of decided, to, like, we, we, just, we know where some are. We can get some. But we'd, we'd rather not tangle with them unless people are interested. So Yeah, just in the same way that we have uh, our, like, entry nexus where, you know, customers come to us from all different points of the multiverse to, to come to the store... We also have our own sort of private nexus, kind of a holodeck situation where we can just kind of bip over to the Shadowfell and, you know, it's a lot of overhead in this shop. Yeah. So we don't keep things on the premises unless we, like, know that we have a customer base for them. Definitely. And this is one of those sort of, like, kind of, like... Niche. Unique. Sort of. Yeah. Is it niche or niche? I've heard it both ways. There we go. Yeah, get get in the get in the comments. I'm normally a niche person, but you said niche. I'm so more I just I'm, I'm more you. of a niche. Yeah, interesting, interesting. 
Anyway, Balanoths. Balanoths. Whatever. Balanoths. <laughs> All right. Um, ad break? I think I think we can skate over to an ad break. I think... Okay, well, let me, let me pull on my roller skates. Um, okay. Who's... I've got some of those old, like, the... Not like the inline rollerblade ones. I've got some, like, old, old, like, roller derby skates. Uh, well, there's roller skates and there's roller blades. Right. That's how I, yeah, I've so always I've got... differentiated. Yeah, but people get that wrong a lot, I feel like. Yeah, but blades are, or or otherwise known as inline. Yeah. Is, is a roller blade. Where they're all, yeah. They're all... No, I, yeah, no, I know what the difference is. But like, I, I, anyway. I'm explaining to the people at home the difference. All right, cool. Ad break. <laughs> Hit it! Has this ever happened to you? My husband took our only steed out on his month-long poker retreat, and now I don't have a way to get to the market for fresh produce and cheeses. Now the children will only have bland tubers to eat. How will they grow big and strong while husband is away? What am I supposed to do? Or what about this? There was an evildoer escaping that I was in hasty pursuit of. But despite my God-granted semblance of authority, no one would let me commandeer their horse. I had to chase them on foot, like a peasant! Do you have any idea how foolish I looked? I got mud on my cape. My cape! And the evildoer escaped. Now I have to spend all my hard-earned coins on dry cleaning. Nothing could be worse than this. For eons, humble folk and heroes alike have found themselves in need of a steed. Alas, their geographical locale, or the heavy weight of poverty, makes that need impossible to fill. Well, no longer. Anything and everything can become your new rideable friend with the Annie Mount. The Annie Mount is a lightweight tote bag that folds out into a comfortable, stylish saddle that when placed upon any inanimate object, animates it into a loyal mount that can take you and your belongings anywhere. The saddle carefully analyzes the object, ensuring the magical limbs it grows are in the most efficient and tasteful spots for maximum speed and stability. Just hop on your new faithful steed and tell it where you'd like to go. It's as easy as riding a weird living bike. The Annie Mount's patented planar positioning sigils ensure automated travel and 98.5% arrival accuracy. The Annie Mount device comes in a variety of sizes, from pixies to giants. We've got you saddled. We offer a number of Animount packages for any budget. The Gotta Go system creates sturdy legs for those simple trips to the store. The Hydro Thunder system features additional aquatic adaptations for land and sea. The BFW system sprouts the most glorious of wings for unparalleled aerial freedom. And lastly, the Street Racer system for our more modern customers turns anything you wish into a fresh-to-death hoopty. Visit PetShopCast.com and use the promo code ZachRobIsHandsome to get 25% off your first of many orders. Got some place to be? Any mount, any time. And we're back! Off the roller coaster. Okay, here we go. We're back. Why'd you put me on the roller coasters, Zachary? I don't know. You no, don't I like don't. roller coasters. You know like I'm it. sorry. I don't. This one's pretty tame, though. I mean, like it's like the, like it's like a kitty coaster. So like, like the ones that you find at like a you know county fair. Yeah, like like it was it's a it was an inspired idea to have our sort of room to room and sector to sector transport be roller coaster. I was trying to um, kind of get some like Willy Wonka esque like fun modes of transportation throughout, and it, and it works, and the staff loves it. But like, I will stick to my 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 two sturdy feet. Your two best friends, foot and other foot. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Anyway, what we got coming up next here, Grim? You've broken me like twice this episode. We've yeah. got Shield Guardians. Yeah. Shield Guardians are a classic, and I honestly don't know why we didn't talk about them sooner. We got Shield Guardians, and also what's dir- like directly the, the entry that's directly before we, I don't think we've touched on yet, and I don't know why. Have we not done Shambling I, Mounds? I don't think we've done a Shambling Mound yet. We have to save that for another episode. 
Yeah. Um, Katie, can you roll back through the tapes and, and check to see if we've done Shambling Mounds, please? I don't think we've done Shambling Mound, Griff. Uh, we'll, we'll check. Katie, we'll check the tapes. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you, Katie. She's our script supervisor. Um, shield Guardians are constructs. Mm. They're, I would say, akin to, like, an Iron Golem. Kind of. They are a, they are a, a more svelte sort of golem. They look more like a natural suit of armor than a, like, man made of metal. Well, they sort of got that sort of kind of... That was, that was a lot of descriptors. They, they kind of got that sort of kind of... <laughs> <laughs> that uh, uh, Warforge sort of look where it's like some metal, some wood. Yeah. But this one, it looks like it has... It looks like almost a sort of wooden, like, kind of exoskeleton or, or, or skeleton in general with armor actually kind On of top fixed of to it. it. It's yeah. got a helmet, big pauldrons, things like that. But it's this humanoid-shaped metal construct, metal and different material construct. Is Largo. Uh, it, pff, is, is Largo? Yeah, lar- like Largo is large. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was just funny. I think you're funny. Thanks. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. Shield Guardians traditionally are used by and made by wizards and other spellcasters for protection. Because traditionally, wizards are what we call squishy. Yeah. And so having a big metal man to stand in front of you is pretty fucking useful. That's very fair. Shield guardians tread beside their master, absorbing damage to keep their master alive as long as possible. Each shield guardian has an an amulet magically linked to it. A shield guardian can only have one corresponding amulet, and if that amulet is destroyed, the shield guardian is incapacitated until a replacement amulet is made. A shield guardian's solitary focus is to protect the amulet wearer. The amulet's wearer can command the guardian to attack its enemies or to guard the wielder uh, against attack. I can't talk now. Uh If an attack threatens to injure the wearer, the construct can magically absorb the blow into its own body, even at a distance. A spellcaster can also store a single spell within the shield guardian, which can then be cast on command or under specific conditions, kind of like a contingency Mm -hmm. spell, I'm guessing. Many a wizard has been rendered helpless by enemies only to surprise those foes when its shield guardian unleashes potent magical power. Because a shield guardian's ownership can be transferred by giving its magic amulet to another creature, some wizards collect absorbent sums from princes, nobles, and crime lords to create shield guardians for them. At the same time, a shield guardian can make a mighty prize for anyone who slays its master and claims its amulet. And, of course, like all constructs, they do not require air, food, drink, or sleep. Rad. So that's the, that's the, the nitty-gritty Mm-hmm. Of what a shield guardian is, but why a shield guardian is. That's what I want to get into. Yeah. Just go, just go, okay. just go with me on I'm this. I'm going with you. I don't, I don't know where I'm going, Zach, but again, it's about the destination. Nope, sorry, roll that back. It's about the, the <laughs> journey not and the not de- the destination. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the exact opposite of the thing I meant. All right, let's keep yeah, rolling. That. Let's keep rolling. Shield guardians, this is, this is a... I don't know if I don't know how much we want to debate the ethics of this. Cause they're robots. They're magic robots. Mm-hmm. But like I wanna and 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 it's that thing we do as humans where I talked about in a couple episodes ago where like, you know, we can sympathize with our Roomba. Yeah. By putting googly eyes on it and calling it DJ Roomba. Yeah. And we we, we believe that, that Roomba then is a like sentient being almost. It's it's um you just started watching Community. I did. The very beginning, yeah. uh, when he's like, the, the, uh, we can uh, forgive a shark for the same reason I can take this pencil, tell you its name is Steve, and then when I do this and snaps it, and everyone goes, <gasps> a bit of you dies. <laughs> yeah. There are there are a lot of modern stories that debate, like, AI. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, they do it in Mass Effect. They do it in Detroit Become Human. They do it in Soma. Yeah. Talking about sort of the, like, legitimacy, almost, of AI life. And I feel like we're kind of touching on the fantasy version of that. Yeah. Almost. Like, can a shield... What does a, a shield guardian with free will look like? Yeah. 
Or is it just a case where the person who possesses the Shield Guardian's amulet just says, hey, do whatever you want. Hey, pal, go for it. Hey, hey, r- take a load off. Go uh, go, go sit by the beach. Ha- have, a ni- have a nice relax. Yeah, have a mark. Uh, I'm more of a daiquiri guy. What's the difference? Um, I believe a margarita is with tequila, whereas a marg is with rum. Uh, so what? Margaritas with tequila, a daiquiri is with rum. I think. That but, sounds but right. But the same principle. I think, I think that sounds right. But I'm, I'm yeah. more of a rum guy. I'm not. Can't do rum. I, I enjoy it. Anyway, like a marg. Anyway, but yeah, I, I guess I don't necessarily. We don't necessarily need to dive into the the ethical quandaries of this. Uh, of robos. Of, of, of magic robots, but all this to say that Shield Guardians, they they do their job very well. Yes, yes, they do. Says it, says it right on the tin. They can magically grant, like, a, a defense boost mm-hmm. to their possessor of the amulet. Their companion. The amulet holder. Their bound yes. companion. They have a regeneration. They do, which is round. Yeah. I think I just said round, but I meant to say rad. I, I figured as much, but... <laughs> Rad, not round. What I mean, who knows? Which, which that has really cool implications, too, because it's, it's made of, like, inorganic materials. Mm-hmm. So it, like, fixes itself. It's like Bastion from Overwatch. It's like Bastion from Overwatch, but without the big turret cannon. And the bird. And the bird. Well, now, now, now that's the story... This is just a fantasy bastion. It's kind of just a fantasy bastion. It's kind of a fantasy bastion because Bastion was just a, a one of many robots in the robot hive mind, and then he broke free from that. This is what I'm saying about this. This is a great example of the whole adage of you need to know the rules before you can break them. Yeah, because that works for like the rules of like a narrative and uh, verisimilitude and all that. Because the most interesting characters are often the ones that ignore the rules set by the world. Yeah. I'm getting in my narrative corner again. But yes, you are. are. Griffin, your writer, is showing. <laughs> Fair. I talked about that a lot in my, my uh, children's theater classes, Good. too. But that, yeah, I mean, they're fresh, as, they're fresh as hell. They have dark vision, blind sight, a little tiny bit a, of blind a, sight. A itty bit of blind sight. A little of blind sight as a treat. I, I think very the, durable. I think the spell storing thing is so cool. Yeah, so you can uh, a spellcaster can store a spell of fourth level or lower into the guardian, and upon command or upon a situation predefined by the spellcaster, the guardian casts the spell with any parameter set by the original caster, requiring no components. What spell would you put in a, in your in your shield guardian? Ooh. See, I, I always jump, my brain always jumps to, like, opposing schools of thought. Okay. Because on the one hand, if you were, like, a cleric or a paladin, you could just slap a revivify in there. That's fair. That's and have cool. And have a defibrillator, like, on standby to just, your, your shield guardian just ka-ching, ka-ching, runs over, punches you in the chest, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. On the other hand, like a... A slow spell would be very useful, I feel, as well. Yeah. Being able to, if you get surrounded, then just... Please, it's just a fireball. I mean, that's the that's the classic, right? That's the classic. Once you it's go like, down, just have, the, have the, the guy take everyone else out. Shh, shh. <laughs> it's the whole thing of like, hey, we've got you surrounded. Put down your weapons. All right, all right. I'll put down. Here's there goes my sword, and there goes my 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 dagger that I had in my boot. It's like this is it. Any last words? Yeah, I've got a last word for you. Potato. <laughs> you say the fucking magic yeah. word, and you, you the click. You, you click your out. boots of flying and go up real quick, and you go fuck it, get him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, having a surprise fireball is good in any, any situation. Number of situations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not any situation. <laughs> Like you're, well, you're, you're at a you're at a <laughs> at a birthday party. <laughs> Get him! <laughs> you're you're you you got. It's one of those situations where you got to choose the the code word that doesn't come up in conversation very frequently. Yeah, but isn't so uncommon that you'll forget. Yeah, it, it's you like know? you're playing like some beer pong. 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, get him! And they're like, oh shit, no! <laughs> <laughs> the entire party is a little flame! <laughs> We're going to some it's dark your... places today. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> we don't, it's, what, you think we think about our jokes beforehand? No. <laughs> nah. Improv, baby. You're in a store, and, you know, the the, the shopkeep's, like, assistant comes in from the back, and it's like, um... Yeah, there's some, uh, yeah, we actually have some potions up on the shelf. Uh, Tommy, could you get them down for me? <gasps> well, it's like, yeah, are you, uh, we have a couple of those um, up on the top shelf. Oh, yeah, get them. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> no! Terrible, terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Just, yeah, fireball, a fireball for every situation. There you go. Yeah, shield guardians are rad. Um, the amulet is expensive and and requires some magical enchantment, so be careful not to lose that when you get your shield guardian. Also, make sure no one steals it from you, because then your shield guardian will just listen to them, and that's going to be tragic. Uh, <laughs> your shield guardian does not have any feelings for you. It is a it is a cold casted machine of death and fire. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, Shield Guardians. Shield Guardians. We've, we've done it. Uh, yeah. I thought of another bit for Shield Guardians, but we I think we could move on. You think we can move on? Like if you I want if you want to do your pit, we can do your pit, buddy. I was just thinking like that defibrillator thing of like you could just have that that'd be really good for like doctors yeah. and stuff. Like a cleric with a shield guardian. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can just have them on the ready. Or if Our- you're like going into a um like a plague ridden town, you could have some like protection from poison ready to go. Yeah, per, pers- like that. personal story our dear friend Justin Betancourt um, hmm. one time in a campaign that our friend, our dear friend Abby was running played my robot assistant uh, Gearbo and he had um, shock hands Ooh. Uh, so uh, and, and could de- defibrillate with them very cool he also would flip between like you know like a, a, a chipper robot to a hardened like sheriff persona like like western sheriff persona <laughs> um, th- by the, the, the utter of the word Toblerone that was his activation word, and then he'd be like, "Yeah, partner," and then like <laughs> take out a gun and start quick, quick drawing people. Is great. Gearbo's a great best. example of a of a code word that. <laughs> yes, uh, unleashing just utter hell. Don't go to a Circle K with Gearbo. Yes, that is, is the moral of the story. That is the moral of the story. Yes, yes, yes. All right, shall we move on to our last? I think we shall. After I finish the Sean. I finished the yawn. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Lastly, we have edder caps. And edder cap are humanoid spiders that tend, feed, and watch over spiders the way a shepherd oversees a flock of sheep. They layer mm. deep in remote forests. They're uh, yeah. They're kind of. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the best way to describe their their physical appearance. They well, are. They've got, they've got the the loose humanoid body structure. Yes, bipedal. In the sense of torso, two arms, two legs, head. The the, the legs have the sort of um, multiple. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, oh goodness, when it's got like not just a knee, but a knee, and then also like the weird backwards knee. Uh, Detigrade. Is that what it's called? Hang on, looking it up. Yep. Uh, yeah, where it's like the. Um, Digitigrades, including walking birds, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's Stand got... or walk on its digits or toes. Yeah, digitigrades. There we are. We did it, everyone. But yeah, that's yeah, sort they've of... Got the, they've got the weird bendies in yes, their legs. Yes, the weird bendies in the leg. Um, it's got so, a, bit, a bit of a beer belly. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of a, kind of a the the physique of a um of like a of a, like a dad. It's got a bit of a dad bod. Um, yeah. it's sort of a a, a halt like a, a hunched lumbering creature, not much of a neck, and its head is very it, it's spider like. It's got a, I, I think I'm seeing six eyes. It's got the mandibles. Yeah, it's like two very prominent eyes. And then but it's, then it's like looks like there's one in the center. It's strange. Maybe yeah. But yes, kind of the spider-like mandibles. 
Yeah, and then yeah, it, it's its hands and toes have the have sort of long claws on them. This says that do 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 find strands of silk stream from glands in the Edercap's abdomen, letting it shoot sticky strands of webbing to bind, entrap, or strangle its victims. It can also use its webbing to fa- uh, fashion elaborate snares and nets, which often festoon its lair. Ooh, good word. Festoon. Good word, owner's manual. There we are. They are known as quiet killers. When travelers and explorers venture into an Edercap's territory, the Edercap stalks them. Some meet their end, wandering blindly into traps or sections of forest enclosed by webs. Others, the Edercap garrotes. Man. Garot? Garots? I think so. But it's got the E at the end. Um, hang on. Can we talk about how the English language is bullshit? Garot. Garot? Yeah, it's with, it's the it's the like the strangle wire that like you see like assassins in uh, okay, movies use where you you take the thin wire and like the piano wire and mm-hmm. you sneak it from behind someone and strangle them with it that's a yeah. garot. Okay. Others the Edercap garots with strands of web or envenoms with a poisonous bite. Ufa. It says sylvan despoilers. Hmm. Though they dwell in the wilds, Edercaps have no desire to live in harmony with nature. A forest infe- uh, infested with edicaps transforms into a gloomy place choked with webs and infested with giant spiders, giant insects, and other sinister predators. Creatures Ooh. that wander too far into such a wood are soon lost in a maze of webs that dangle with the bones and lost treasures of edicaps' victims. Yikes. And then lastly, they're known as enemies of the fae. They're natural enemies of fey creatures. The foul creature sets web snares to catch sprites and pixies, which they hungrily devour, and will encase a dryad's tree and webbing in a vain attempt to trap the dryad. Others well, That's fair. Yeah. Sprites and pixies are kind of shitty. They are. They can be at some times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, timid fey will sometimes approach outsiders for help in dealing with an Edercap infestation, being Ooh. ill-equipped to deal with the malevolent creatures themselves. There you go. They're spider dads? They're kind of spider dads, which explains the dad bod. <laughs> explain the beer belly. Yeah, they got a dark vision out to 60 feet. They uh, can spider climb. They got web sense. They got web walking. Um, and they're, uh, yeah. they got, they got that venom. Yeah, they are, they are size medium. Mm-hmm. Which is still kind of, it's like, it would be like watching a like an ape or something climbing across web. Kind of, yeah. I imagine a little bit. A little, yeah. It, a, a, at, a least, less... at least I'm imagining like the motion kind of like that. Gazoon's height. Gazoon, there we go. Gazoon. But uh, yeah, they're they're kind of they're purple and pink and they're kind of gross. Yeah. Two two big big claws on either fingers, uh, hand or foot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're just—they. I think that's the best way to describe them is they're just spider dads. They're spider dads. They take care of spiders. They're like, let me build you. I'm gonna build you this house with my with my heart and my hands and, and a lot of web. And I'm gonna kill all these pixies because and I'm gonna kill these, these. You kids get off my lawn. Yeah, you pixies the, the, and sprites. The, the sprites and pixies are like the shitty little kids that are like trying to fork his yard. Yeah, getting up in his web lawn. <laughs> you ever forked a yard? No, but a, I think you've explained this it, it to me. It takes before. a lot of time. A bunch of you take a bunch of plastic forks and just yeah, you just cover the yard and you stick them in the ground. <laughs> Such a bad prank. It's it's a pretty good prank. Like it, it's not, you just you just look at it and go, what the fuck? Like <laughs> I mean, it's not any different than like teeping someone's house, you know? I guess, but I feel like here's the thing about teeping. I feel like teeping is really easy to do. And it's annoying to take down. I feel like the reverse is true for forking. I take. I feel like it takes longer to set up a good forking than it does to remove the forking of the yard. I know? I disagree wholeheartedly. Okay. I I think it's an equal amount of effort. <laughs> <laughs> well, still, it's not a it's not a net gain then, like it is TPing. Yes. Like I feel like that's why it has has such merit and such a classic prank. I suppose. I don't know. I'm just, we're just having, we're having a good conversation. We're having, trying we're, to, I can't. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to like make, prove that my point is superior to yours. I'm just saying my piece. Okay. 
So these things can make web garrots and strangle you with webs. They can terrifying. they can make web garrots um, and strangle you to death. Yes. Can you imagine this thing appearing behind you like a large looming shadow and it like I mean like if you like could you know like like befriend an editor cap like could you make a good like assassin? Like 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 a, like an editor cap assassin would be really cool. I mean yeah, I mean probably, yeah, right? Yeah. It, this is like a it's like an anti Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like when Spider-Man was on Spider Island and kinda got infected and kinda became like a, an actual spider person for a bit. I don't know my Spider-Man lore that well. I know a, a fair amount, and I might I might also be wrong. So if I'm wrong, get in the comments, let us know, yeah. at us. Um uh-huh, uh-huh. Up, where, where people would say don't at me, I say at me, because I'm interested in learning if I'm wrong. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, those. That, I'm the, really big into changing my viewpoints when I get new knowledge. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> it's really, it's really hot right now. Um, but yeah, editor caps—they're kind of gross. Very uh, sickly purple spider dads. Spider dad. Ooey spider gooey dad. spider dads. Does whatever a spider, spider dad, dad does. <laughs> Walks on webs, cooks some steaks. <laughs> Removes the pixies from oh, his yard. Look cl- out. Cleans his cleans his gun when his daughter goes on dates. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes a spider. S- sits dad. menacingly on the porch. Look out. Here, Here comes, comes a spider, spider dad. caps. <laughs> well kind of a kind of kind of a short one to end on, but that's okay. I feel that's like okay, that, that was that was some good you know, it was kind of it's what they say in the biz, all killer, no filler. There we go. I loved it. Mm. I loved every moment of it. Um, but Plus, yeah. we spent a lot of time goofing on Boggles. That's fair. That's okay. We spent a lot of time on Boggles there. Uh, anyway, folks, again, that's uh, that's it for us this uh, this episode. Uh, thank you so much fun. for joining us for another episode of Zach and Griffith. Thank, thank you for being show. here with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. This is episode 42. 42. Which, like, it's, it's getting to the point where, like, every episode I could be like, that can't be right. Like, yeah, we have not been doing this for that long, but we have. We have, and it's because of you fine folks. Yeah, thank you all so much. Uh, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, you can check out other shows on the Ghostlight Media Network. If you're into actual play podcasts, we got stuff for you. If you're into rewatch podcasts, we've got stuff for you. If you're into Shakespeare, Shake, yes, Shakespeare. There's a, there, there's a show called Shakespeare, and they talk about Shakespeare. But yeah, that'll that'll do it for us, uh, I believe, today. Yeah, as per usual, if you there's anything you want to see us, well, hear hear us, see us, hear us yes. talk about on the show, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. Sign to the DMs, add us. Doesn't really matter. Uh, mm-hmm. And well, we will. We're there. Yeah, for discuss you. Any, any creatures you just want to know more about. Maybe you're interested in having for you and your family. You have a D D and D character who just needs a little extra spice. Mm-hmm. We're here for you. Any game, really. Any game, really. We're here for you. Also, if there's some games out there with, like, really cool and wild bestiaries, let us know. We're always kind of on the lookout for more things like that. Like, I'm so, so hyped on Numenera stuff now. Yeah, definitely. So, if there's shit out there with crazy bestiaries, add us. Tell us. Let us know. Definitely. 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 Well... I always want to learn more games. I do, too. But with that, friends, I, Mm -hmm. I think that's... I think that's I think all it's for time. Us. I think it's time we bid you all a fond farewell. Um, Zach and I will be here on our ship, waving to you on the dock, hoping that once we arrive, we will write to you and, and express our how much we miss you and just how cute you look in that frock. I, I anyway, think, I think I lost the meta narrative for a second. There. Me too. I've been Griffin. I've been Zach. And just remember, everyone. At the end of the day, like it's all about love, baby. I will remember you always. Never let go. <laughs> Never let go, Zach. It's funny because it sounds like because it sounds like Jack. Jack. Oh, <laughs> Thank you all for listening to episode forty-two of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and the phenomenal people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Tyler, Christina, and Roger for your support. 
We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, be excellent to each other, and we'll see you all soon. Take care. Mwah. I love you. I really do. This has been a Ghostlight Media Production.